Hare Krishna, my dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Śrīla Prabhupāda's books, right here in the Haven, which is located in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw from the English Channel. We're here with Abhayadas Brahmachari and Radharaman Prabhu, our landlord and Prince of Hive. We're here because the goal of life is to please Krishna. The goal of whatever we're doing is to please Krishna. And in order to do that, you have to know Krishna. You have to know what he likes, you have to know what he doesn't like, you have to know what pleases him, what doesn't please him. And you find out by listening to him speak himself about what he likes and doesn't like. It's embodied in the Bhagavad Gita as it is and the Srimad Bhagavatam and the Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita. So this is the purpose of our daily readings to please Krishna. He likes the fact that we like to hear about him but he likes it even more when we like to do what he suggests that we do. So this is the first step, to hear about Krishna, to hear from Krishna and to hear about Krishna and the devotees, the pure devotees of Krishna. So we can learn how to think, how to feel, how to will, how to act in a way that's pleasing to Krishna, most pleasing to Krishna. So this is the way to please Krishna, to like to hear about him and to like to share that uh, knowledge with others. Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram from Sri Krishna Lila Stava, which was written by Srila Sanatana Goswami not long after he uh, heard for, for two straight months from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself learning all about Krishna. It goes like this. Sarva Shastrabdipi Yusha Sarva Vedaika Satpala Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja Sarva Lokaika Drikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kali Dvandodita Sri Krishna Parivartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master, Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Prema Varshakshadayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. 
Marika Bando Matsangin, Madguro Man Mahadana, Manisdaragamad Bhagya, Mad Anandanamostute. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my good my great wealth, my saviour, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy. I bow down to you. Asadhu Sadhu Dadayin. Atini chuchata kada, Hanamun chagadachin mam, Premna rit kantayokspura. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudivaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So we reach the second chapter of the fourth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. Daksha curses Lord Shiva. Starting with text 16. Daksha is speaking openly in an assembly at the beginning, beginning of his sacrifice. A huge universal sacrifice for the whole universe. He says, On the request of Lord Brahma, I handed over my chaste daughter to him, although he is devoid of all cleanliness and his heart is filled with nasty things. Purport It is the duty of parents to hand over their daughters to suitable persons, just befitting their family tradition in cleanliness, gentle behavior, wealth, social position, and so on. Daksha was repentant that on the request of Brahma, who was his father, he had handed over his daughter to a person who, according to his calculation, was nasty. He was so angry that he did not acknowledge that the request was from his father. Instead, he referred to Brahma as Paramishti, the supreme teacher in the universe. Because of his temperament of gross anger, he was not even prepared to accept Brahma as his father. In other words, he accused even Lord Brahma, even Brahma of being less intelligent because he had advised Daksha to hand over his beautiful daughter to such a nasty fellow. In anger, one forgets everything. And thus Daksha, in anger, not only accused the great Lord Shiva, but criticized his own father, Lord Brahma, for his not very astute advice that Daksha hand over his daughter to Lord Shiva. Text 17 
the sage Maitreya continued, Thus Daksha, seeing Lord Shiva sitting as if against him, washed his hands and mouth and cursed him in the following words. Text 18 The demigods are eligible to share in the oblations of sacrifice, but Lord Shiva, who was the lowest of all the demigods, should not have a share. Purport Because of this curse, Shiva was deprived of his share in the oblations of Vedic sacrifices. It was due to the curse of Daksha, Sri Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur comments in this connection, that Lord Shiva was saved from the calamity of taking part with other demigods who were all materialistic. Lord Shiva is the greatest devotee of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and it is not fitting for him to eat or sit with materialistic persons like the demigods. Thus, the curse of Daksha was indirectly a blessing, for Shiva would not have to eat or sit with other demigods who were too materialistic. There is a practical example set for us by Gorkishore Das Babaji Maharaj, who used to sit on the side of a latrine to chant Hare Krishna. Many materialistic persons used to come and bother him and disturb his daily routine of chanting. So to avoid their company, he used to sit by the side of a latrine where materialistic persons would not go because of the filth and the obnoxious smell. However, Gorka Shordas Babiji Mahara was so great that he was accepted as the, divine, the spiritual master of such a great personality as his divine grace, Om Vishnupad Srimad Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Goswami Maharaj. The conclusion is that Lord Shiva behaved in his own way to avoid materialistic persons who might disturb him in his prosecution of devotional service. Text 19 Maitreya continued, My dear Vidura, in spite of the requests of all the members of the sacrificial assembly, Daksha, in great anger, cursed Lord Shiva and then left the assembly and went back to his home. Pah. Purport Anger is so detrimental that even a great personality like Daksha, out of anger, left the arena where Brahma was presiding and all the great sages and pious and saintly persons were assembled. All of them requested him not to leave, but infuriated he left, thinking that the auspicious place was not fit for him. Puffed up by his exalted position, he thought that no one was greater than he in argument. It appears that all the members of the assembly, including Lord Brahma, requested him not to be angry and leave their company. But in spite of all these requests, he left. That is the effect of cruel anger. 
In Bhagavad Gita, therefore, it is advised that one who desires to make tangible advancement in spiritual consciousness must avoid three things, lust, anger, and the emotive passion. Actually, we can see that lust, anger, and passion make a man crazy, even though he be as great as Daksha. The very name Daksha suggests that he was expert in all material activities. But still, because of his aversion towards such a saintly personality as Shiva, he was attacked by these three enemies, anger, lust, and passion. Lord Chaitanya therefore advised that one be very careful not to offend Vaishnavas. He compared offenses toward a Vaishnava to a mad elephant. As a mad elephant can do anything horrible, so when a person offends a Vaishnava, he can perform any abominable action. Text 20 Upon understanding that Lord Shiva had been cursed, Nandishwara, one of Lord Shiva's principal associates, became greatly anger, angry. His eyes became red and he prepared to curse Daksha and all the Brahmanas present there who had tolerated Daksha's cursing Shiva in harsh words. Purport There is a long-standing dissension among some of the neophyte Vaishnavas and Shaivites. They are always at loggerheads. When Daksha cursed Lord Shiva in harsh words, some of the Brahmanas present might have enjoyed it because some Brahmanas do, do, not much, do not very much admire Lord Shiva. This is due to their ignorance of Lord Shiva's position. Nandeshwar was affected by the cursing, but he did not follow the example of Lord Shiva who was also present there. Although Lord Shiva could have cursed Daksha in a similar way, he was silent and tolerant. But Nandeshwar, his follower, was not tolerant. Of course, as a follower, it was right for him not to tolerate an insult to his master. But he should not have cursed the Brahmanas who were present. The entire issue was so complicated that those who were not strong enough forgot their positions. And thus, cursing and counter-cursing went on in that great assembly. In other words, the material field is so unsteady that even personalities like Nandishwar, Daksha, and many of the Brahmanas present were infected by the atmosphere of anger. How relevant is that? Text 21 Anyone who has accepted Daksha as the most important personality and neglected Lord Shiva because of envy is less intelligent and because of visualizing in duality will be bereft of transcendental knowledge. Purport The first curse by Nandeshwara was that anyone supporting Daksha was foolishly identifying himself with the body and therefore because Daksha had no transcendental knowledge supporting him would deprive one of transcendental knowledge. Text 
Daksha, Nandishwar said, identified himself with the body like other materialistic persons and was trying to derive all kinds of facilities in relationship with the body. He had excessive attachment for the body and in relation to the body for wife, children, home and other things which are different from the soul. Therefore, Nandishwar's curse was that anyone who supported Daksha would be bereft of transcendental knowledge of the soul and thus be also be deprived and thus also be deprived of knowledge of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Text 22 Pretentiously religious householder life in which one is attracted to material happiness and thus also attracted to the superficial explanation of the Vedas robs one of all intelligence and attaches one to fruitive activities as all in all. Purport Persons who identify with bodily existence are attached to the fruitive activities described in the Vedic literature. For example, in the Vedas, it is said that one who observes the Chaturmasya vow will attain eternal happiness in the heavenly kingdom. In Bhagavad Gita, it is said that this flowery language of the Vedas mostly attracts persons who identify with the body. To them, such happiness as that of the heavenly kingdom is everything. They do not know that beyond that is the spiritual kingdom or kingdom of God. And they have no knowledge that one can go there. Thus they are bereft of transcendental knowledge. Such persons are very careful in observing the rules and regulations of household life in order to be promoted in the next life to the moon or other, hev other heavenly planets. It is stated here that such persons are attached to Gramyak Sukha, which means material happiness, without knowledge of eternal, blissful spiritual life. Text 23 Daksha has accepted the body as all in all. Therefore, since he has forgotten the Vishnu Pada or Vishnu Gati and is attached to sex life only, Within a short time, he will have the face of a goat. Text 24 those who, those who have become as dull as matter by cultivating materialistic education and intelligence are nationally involved in fruitive activities. Such men have purposely insulted Lord Shiva. May they continue in the cycle of repeated birth and death. Purport The three curses mentioned above are sufficient to make one as dull as stone, void of spiritual knowledge, and preoccupied with materialistic education, which is nations. After uttering these curses, Nandishwar then cursed the brahmanas to continue in the cycle of birth and death because of their supporting Daksha in blaspheming Lord Shiva. Text 25 
May those who are envious of Lord Shiva, being attracted by the flowering by the flowery language of the enchanting Vedic promises, and to have thus become dull, always remain attached to fruitive activities. It's not this word, potent. Purport. The Vedic promises of elevation to higher planets for a better standard of materialistic life are compared to flowery language because in a flower there is certainly an aroma but that aroma does not last for a very long time. In a flower there is honey but that honey is not eternal. 26 These brahmanas take to education, <clears throat> austerity and vows only for the purpose of maintaining the body. They shall be devoid of discrimination between what to eat and what not to eat. They will acquire money begging from door to door simply for the satisfaction of the body. Purport The third curse inflicted by Nandishwara on the brahmanas who supported Daksha is completely functioning in the age of Kali. The so-called brahmanas are no longer interested in understanding the nature of the supreme Brahman, although a brahmana means one who has attained knowledge about Brahman. In the Vedanta Sutra also it is stated, Atato Brahma Jigyasa, this human form of life is meant for realization of the Supreme Brahman, the Absolute Truth. Or in, or in other words, human life is meant for one's elevation to the post of a Brahmana. Unfortunately, the modern Brahmanas, or so-called Brahmanas, who come, in who come in originally Brahminical families, have left their own occupational duties. But they do not allow others to occupy the posts of Brahmanas. The qualifications for Brahmanas are described in the scriptures, in Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita, and all other Vedic literatures. Brahmana is not a hereditary title or position. If someone is from a non-Brahmana family, for example, one born in a family of Shudras, tries to become a Brahmana by being properly qualified under the instruction of a bona fide spiritual master, these so-called brahmanas will object. Such brahmanas, having been cursed by Nandishwara, were actually in a position where they have no discrimination between eatables and non-eatables, and simply live to maintain the perishable material body and its family. Such fallen conditioned souls are not worthy to be called brahmanas. But in Kali Yuga, they claim to be brahmanas. And if a person actually tries to attain the brahminical qualifications, they try to hinder his progress. This is the situated situation in the present age. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu condemned this principle very strongly. During his conversation with Ramananda Roy, he said that regardless of whether a person is born in a Brahmana family 
or Shudra family, regardless of whether he is a householder or a sannyasi, if he knows the science of Krishna, he must be a spiritual master. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had many so-called Shudra disciples like Haridas Thakur and Ramananda Roy, even the Goswamis, who were principal students of Lord Chaitanya, were also ostracized from Brahmana society. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, by His grace, made them first-class Vaishnavas. Text 27 When all the hereditary Brahmanas were thus cursed by Nandishwara, the sage Bhrigu, as a reaction, condemned the followers of Lord Shiva with this very strong Brahminical curse. Purport The word Duratyaya is particularly used in reference to Brahmadanda or curse by a Brahmana. A curse by a Brahmana is very strong. Therefore it is called Duratyaya or insurmountable. As, as the Lord states in Bhagavad-gītā, the stringent laws of nature are insurmountable. Therefore, similarly, if a curse is uttered by a brāhmaṇa, that curse is also insurmountable. But Bhagavad-gītā also says that the curses or benedictions of the material world are, after all, material creations. Vichaitanya Charitamrita confirms that that which is accepted in this material world to be a benediction and that which is taken to be a curse are both on the same platform because they are material. To get out of this material contamination, one should take shelter of the Supreme Personality of Godhead as recommended in Bhagavad Gita 7.14 Mameva ye prabhajyante the best path is to transcend all material curses and benedictions and take shelter of the Supreme Lord Krishna and remain in a transcendental position. Persons who have taken shelter of Krishna are always peaceful. They are never cursed by anyone, nor do they attempt to curse anyone. That is a transcendental position. Text 28 One who takes a vow to satisfy Lord Shiva or who follows such principles will certainly become an atheist and be diverted from transcendental scriptural injunctions. Purport It is sometimes seen that devotees of Lord Shiva imitate the characteristics of Lord Shiva. For example, Lord Shiva drank an ocean of poison. So some of the followers of Lord Shiva imitate him and try to take intoxicants like ganja, marijuana. Here the curse is that if someone follows such principles, he must become an infidel and turn against the principles of Vedic regulation. It is said that such devotees of Lord Shiva will be such chastra paripantina, which means opposed to the conclusion of shastra or scripture. Oh, this is so good. 
This is confirmed in the Padma Purana also. Lord Shiva was ordered by the Supreme Personality of Godhead to preach the impersonal or Mayavad philosophy for a particular purpose. Just as Lord Buddha preached the philosophy of voidness for particular purposes mentioned in the Shastra. Sometimes it is necessary to preach a philosophical doctrine which is against the Vedic conclusion. In the Padma Purana, it is stated that Lord Shiva said to Parvati that in the Kali Yuga, in the body of a Brahmana, he would preach Mayavad philosophy. Thus it is generally found that the worshippers of Lord Shiva are Mayavadi followers. Lord Shiva himself says, Mayavadam Ashat Chastram Asat Shastra Ashat Shastra as explained here means the doctrine of Mayavad impersonalism or becoming one with the Supreme. Brigamuni cursed that cursed that persons who worshipped Lord Shiva would become followers of this Mayavad Asat Shastra, which attempts to establish that the Supreme Personality of Godhead is impersonal. Besides that, among the worshippers of Lord Shiva, there is a section who live a devilish life. Srimad Bhagavatam and Narada Pancharatra are authorized scriptures that, that are considered Sat Shastra, or scriptures which lead, lead one to the path of God-realization. Asat Shastras are just the opposite. Text 29 Those who vow to worship Lord Shiva are so foolish that they imitate him by keeping long hair on their heads. When, initiate, when initiated into worship of Lord Shiva, they prefer to live on wine, flesh, and other such things. Purport Indulging in wine and meat, keeping long hair on one's head, not bathing daily, and smoking ganja, marijuana, are some of the habits which are accepted by foolish creatures who do not have regulated lives. By such behavior, one becomes devoid of transcendental knowledge. In the initiation into the Shiva Mantra, there are mudrikastaka, in which it is sometimes recommended that one make his sitting place on the vagina and thus desire nirvana or dissolution of existence. In that process of worship, wine is needed or sometimes in place of wine, palm tree juice, which is converted into an intoxicant. This is also offered according to Shiva Agama, a scripture on the method of worshipping Lord Shiva. Text 30 Brigamuni continued, Since you blaspheme the Vedas and the Brahmanas who were followers of the Vedic principles, it is understood that you have already taken shelter of the doctrine of atheism. Purport Brigamuni in cursing Nandishwar said that not only would they be degraded as atheists because of this curse, but they had already fallen to the standard of atheism because they had blasphemed the Vedas, which are the source of human civilization. Human civilization 
is based on the qualitative divisions of the social of social order, namely the intelligent class, the martial class, the, the, the productive class, and the laborer class. The Vedas provide the right direction for advancing in spiritual cultivation and economic development and regulating the principle of sense gratification so that ultimately one may, may be liberated from material contamination <clears throat> so that so that ultimately one may be liberated from material contamination to his real state of spiritual identification aham brahmasmi as long as one is in the contaminated contamination of material existence one changes bodies from the aquatics up to the position of Brahma. But the human form of life is the highest perfectional life in the material world. The Vedas give directions by which to elevate oneself in the next life. The Vedas are, in, are, are the mother for such instructions and the Brahmanas or persons who are in knowledge of the Vedas are the father. Thus if one blasphemes the Vedas and Brahmanas Naturally, one goes down to the status of atheism. The exact word used in Sanskrit is Nastika, which refers, which refers to one who does not believe in the Vedas, but manufactures some concocted system of religion. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has said that the followers of the Buddhist system of religion are Nastikas. In order to establish his doctrine of non-violence, Lord Buddha flatly refused to believe in the Vedas. And thus, later on, Shankaracharya stopped this system of religion in India and forced it to go outside India. Here it is stated, Brahmachab Brahmanan. Brahma means the Vedas. Ahang Brahmasmi means I am in full knowledge. The Vedic assertion is that one should think that he is a Bra that is that he is brahman i'll read that again the vedic assertion is that one should think that he is brahman for actually he is brahman if brahma or the vedic uh, spiritual science is condemned and the masters of the spiritual science the brahmanas are condemned then where does human civilization stand Rigamuni said, It is not due to my cursing that you shall become atheists. You are already situated in the principle of atheism. Therefore, you are condemned. And that brings us almost to 8 o'clock. So we're going to stop here and we'll hear more about this wonderful, enlightening philosophy of how the eventual fall of the Brahmanan class came into existence by the offense of Daksha who was a ritualistic Brahman one of the first and in his anger with Lord Shiva and then the retaliation and anger of the followers of Lord Shiva this is the source. And this was in the beginning of the universe.
So let us be extremely careful that we don't make decisions based on anger. Hare Krishna. Okay, we'll stop here and start again tomorrow night on chapter on, on text thirty-one. Hare Krishna, and we're waiting in anticipation of the reflections of the assembled sages. Hare Krishna. Take it away. Radharaman has something to say about that. Um, Maharaj, I was just wondering if you could comment on this towards the end of the purport to text 20. Um, sort of, so the entire issue was so complicated that those who were not strong enough forgot their positions <clears throat> and thus the cursing and counter cursing went on in that great assembly. Um, in other words, the material world is field is so unsteady that even persons like Nandishra, Daksha, many of the Brahmins present were infected by the atmosphere of anger. I just thought it was very fascinating. I was wondering if you could comment, Maharaj, on this point I about you're you're actually perfectly c capable of commenting on this because you've got all kinds of realizations about it. Um, I was hoping you would, Maris, at this point especially about those who were not strong enough forgot their positions. Well, um, in, in order to be strong enough to maintain one's faith in the Vedas and at the same time learn the art of transcending the Vedas through devotional service, not through fighting with others. Uh, <clears throat> one gets that strength from hearing uh, from the right source uh, in a proper mentality uh, for a long time. This, if you remember, just we've heard this just from Kapiladev not long ago in the third canto. So, you know, this happened in the beginning of the creation. So we've always we've heard that in Satya Yuga, you know, things are so good that everyone is in goodness, and you know, there is none of this. But this is not just Satya Yuga. This is the beginning of the whole creation, the beginning of the, of the, uh, you know, the personality of Lord Brahma. Some of these personalities remain through the whole duration of the creation, because every night when Brahma goes to sleep, you know, the three worlds are destroyed, but only up to uh, Maharloka. And even Maharloka, it doesn't destroy it, but Maharloka becomes so hot that they they move to Janaloka temporarily until it's over. So all the persons from then, you know, from there upward, they're around for the whole duration of the creation. 
that's hundreds of trillions of years. So it's here where the seeds of this fighting between the Vaishnavas and the Shaivites, or the Brahmanas and the Shaivites, are, is the root of it. So uh, we have to be very careful to hear these scriptures and then apply the principles that are being taught in the scriptures. Like the Bhagavatam, we, 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 we chant every day that um, every syllable of the Bhagavatam is full of Krishna Prema. And yet here we're hearing about people counter-cursing each other like anything and causing future chaos, you know. But it's because it's teaching us what not to do. So we have to learn what to do and what not to do from the Srimad Bhagavatam, from Shukadev Goswami, disciple and son of Vyasadeva who is the literary incarnation of God. And then we will learn just how contaminating anger is. And then when we look at the world, or look at ourselves especially, and our dealings with others, even within our movement, even within our movement now there is so much anger and fighting and, and conflict and opposition going on. Just the opposite of what Srila Prabhupada teaches us to do. He said the test of our love for him will be how well we cooperate together to keep his institution together. So anything, whatever it is, that is threatening to split it should be rejected. And we should hear and uh, give our statements and our arguments based on Shastra, not on anger. And that's what's happening here in the in the Daksha Jagya with Shiva and his followers and Daksha and his followers. Hare Krishna. And if we don't do that, we'll be torn asunder. And Iskon will manifest itself. Lord Jitanya's manifest will manifest itself in another way. But that's not the prediction of Prabhupada, so that won't happen. It's just a matter of who's going to follow Prabhupada and who's not. Not based on some political, social, socially acceptable, acceptable principle, but based on Shastra. Hare Krishna. Is that okay? First is from Rati Manjari. Yes, Rati Manjari. <coughs> Jai Guru Maharaj, please teach us all about Krishna. Well, I pray to all of the Vaishnavas that I can become transparent to Srila Prabhupada. Krishna is very far away from me. Prabhupada is not as far away from me. So please let me follow his example. Hare Krishna. Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Yes, Gopakanya Devi Dasi. 
Hare Krishna Dear Maharaj and all the assembled sages, all glories to Sri the Prabhupada and Sriman Bhagavatam. Thank you, dear Maharaj, for your daily reading service. Jai Ho. Jai Ho. Sudevi Dasi says Hare Krishna Maharaj. Sudevi Dasi, Hare Krishna to you too. And from Bhaktin Maxine. Yes, Bhaktin Maxine. Hare Krishna, dearest Maharaj. Hare Krishna to you too. This is from Bhaktin Nikki. Yes, Bhaktin Nikki. Hare Krishna Maharaj, all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Thank you for the sweet reading tonight. My question is, Lord Buddha is an incarnation of Krishna, but the conclusion of his philosophy is impersonalism and monism. Why is this the case? Well, you can read about this in the third chapter of the first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. There, there is a list of the incarnations of Krishna, the most prominent ones, and Buddha is included. And in the purport, Srila Prabhupada explains why it is that Buddha taught this philosophy. But another angle is, um, as we heard in our reading tonight, already we heard it. It's a matter of hearing and meditating on it and thinking about it. Uh, we heard that Lord Buddha came and preached a sub-religious principle. That means a principle that, that leads to religion but it's not exactly religion and it, that is non-violence because in that time the brahmanas were contaminated partly by the curse of Nandishwar actually as we just learned today tonight uh, and they were misusing their authority to turn the temples into money exchanges, places, and slaughterhouses. This was actually going on. So the only way that that could be stopped was to minimize or cut the authority, the faith in the authority of the Vedas of the people. So that's what Buddha did. He came and he preached against the authority of the Vedas but taught non-violence in order to stop the killing of innocent animals on the plea of Vedic sacrifices. That's one half of the story. Hare Krishna. So he's an incarnation of Krishna and he came and uh, brought into question the authority of the Vedas. Now, in the Gita it says that the Vedas, the purpose of the Vedas is to see Krishna, to find Krishna. So we don't want to reject the Vedas, but we want to follow the Vedas in a way that leads us to Krishna. And Krishna cannot tolerate the innocent killing of innocent animals. 
but that was a temporary uh, measure to move the Buddhist religion out of India. And then later, Lord Shiva was instructed by Krishna to come again as Lord Shiva, as Shankaracharya rather, I'm sorry, to preach Mayavad philosophy, which uh, reawakened the faith in the Vedas of the people of India, but at the same time made it similar to the Buddhist religion because it came to an impersonal conclusion, and that's Mayavad. And then later on, of course, the Vaishnava Acharyas came. Ramanujacharya, Madhvacharya, Nambhaka Swami, and uh, Vishnu Swami. And then finally, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And he brought the whole thing together. But to this day, there are still devotees of Shiva and Vaishnavas, Vishnu, who fight due to this curse that we're just hearing about. So anyway, I, I, there were quite some digressions in that explanation. I hope I didn't confuse you, but that's the main reason that Buddha came to temporarily uh, stop the killing of animals in the name of Vedic sacrifices, which was done normally on a day-to-day -day basis in the temples. And he stopped it. So we have to see history of why things happen and why the Lord does what He does in context of longer history. The Lord comes uh, age after age and adjusts the time-worn uh, culture of the material world. And these are the ways He does it. Hare Krishna. Nikki says, that's fascinating. Thank you for your explanation. Hare Krishna. And from Sarvagya? Yes, Sarvagya. Keshavadrita Buddha Sharira Jaya Jagadisha Hare. Yes. All glories to Lord Sri Krishna. Thank you, Maharaj. Yes. Thank you. And from Anandamurti? Yes, Anandamurti. Dear Guru Maharaj and all assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Thank you so much for today's reading of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Today I heard how the material misconception of I am a body makes a person entangled with the material modes and repeat and repeated birth and death. Yes, Maharaj, today I am learning how anger destroys all the good things which have been given to us as the mercy of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Especially Vaishnava Aparad is very dangerous for us. Yes, thank you. That's the essence of the, of the reading tonight. Thank you very much for coming to the point so clearly. Thank you. So in Bhagavad Gita, it's clearly stated 
in chapter 16. The three gates leading to hellish consciousness, which means our anger, lust, anger, and greed. And he says, Krishna says, all sane men should give these up because they lead to the degradation of the soul. And what we heard tonight was what that degradation actually means practically. Infighting, counter-cursing, cursing, counter-cursing, ruins the atmosphere completely. So we should be at least individually instruments in spreading Krishna consciousness instead of material consciousness in the name of Krishna consciousness. Because Krishna consciousness is not, it's without material anger. There may be anger when uh, there is a need to uh, defeat a demoniac force. Hanuman jumped over the ocean to Lanka and burned it to the ground because he was so angry with Ravana. That is the proper use of anger. But if we use the anger to curse and counter-curse each other as Vaishnavas, then we be cause the, the destruction. Prabhupada told us the movement cannot be destroyed from outside. From inside it can be severely damaged. Hare Krishna. I thank you all for your reflections. As usual, they were profound. And this chapter has so many applications to what is going on today, even in the world and even in our movement. Please go back over this chapter again and again. Please learn the lessons and learn how to not offend Vaishnavas. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Samabheda Bhakti Vrinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari Bo. See you tomorrow night. Same time, same place, same topic. And we'll see how Daksha becomes corrected and the whole situation becomes better. Hare Krishna. By proper application of spiritual consciousness. Hare Krishna.